Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over Podcast. Okay, I did it today. I didn't do it last time. I know, so. that was so disappointing. I'm sorry. But, I... but everything <laughs> is back in right now with the world. Well, welcome. If you're watching live, this is our first time live streaming yes. one of our podcasts. Hello, I, everybody. I finally got over welcome. My, my fear of messing it up. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, we started with us and just to see if we could actually do this and uh-huh. added some guests. And we've had a lot of amazing guests already. And we got a lot in the pipe um, to work. We got an exciting guest today. Looking forward to hearing from Charles. And uh, yesterday we were talking with uh, John Wedger from the UK. So we'll have a British accent and yours isn't British. You got a Filipino yeah. accent, right? Uh, <laughs> no. Whatever that sounds like. <laughs> no, excited to have Charles. Charles is a coach. Yes. Um, helping people get freedom. And uh, yeah. A long time friend of the ministry. Yeah, we've known. We were just asking if he'd been on any of the, our retreats with the youth back in the day yeah. as a teenager. And and you played ultimate frisbee with us probably over a few times over it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. What's yeah, your first that. memory of us? So I actually have a picture of me with Richard when I was like just a little oh kid. Oh my goodness. Wow. No, really? Yeah, doing soccer and you were the coach. Wow. <laughs> I don't like, even remember coaching soccer. <laughs> yeah, it was I, I didn't even realize. That. Don't go that way. Turn around. Dogs. This is the way. Yeah, we're talking like <laughs> like, like, little like fish wreck sports. Yeah. Like wow. Yeah, we're talking the like the original green jerseys they had. Oh my! So goodness. we're talking how many years ago? Fifteen we're, years? No, we're talking twenty like years, two decades ago. Yeah. Twenty years. Wow. Yeah, because I remember like I, I coached them when they were really little, and so it was like Philip, please stop chasing the butterflies. <laughs> There's a game going on, and uh, and that's the direction. Kick it that way, that way, Ooh, not yeah. that way. <laughs> that was my coaching. That was your level of coaching. <laughs> my first memory of you was coaching you in basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's, I remember that. Okay, that's the first time I like if I were to try to remember the first time, and you were still Chip. Then it's taken me years. Oh my goodness, it's taken me. Is there anyone that still calls you Chip? Oh, the second that uh, Megan and I moved back. To oh. Tampa. No. Oh no! It was immediately chip this, chip that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Do you still go by by what is it again? Oh, you mean my real name, Charles? <laughs> well, we're gonna do our best to not put you on the spot, but I, I like if you want to share any of the that story, um, feel freedom. Yeah, the the, the change in names and stuff like that. Yeah. But but um, I, I didn't want to take too much of the thunder of what you're doing now. Um, of course, but I, I, there's such a need for what you are doing. Yeah. And and it's unique how you're doing it from anything that I've ever heard before, seen before, and I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah. And um, so, tell us what it is all about. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> honestly, where most people very similar to my story would say that it starts is when they first stumbled on pornography, and for mm-hmm. most men and women, yes, women included. It's around that age range of 11 to 13, though I've even heard cases of um, not only the sexual abuse that happens uh, when someone's even like four or five, but like then being introduced to pornography at the same time. And it always has to do with some family member who left some explicit content out. It's typically typically dad. Typically so you're, you're jumping into the heavy stuff. Tell what you're doing now first yeah so to clarify i'm doing porn addiction recovery right now 
And that is what I help men and women overcome. Yeah. I help them beat porn, and I do that by helping them huge. rediscover their voice, reform their identity and their relationship with God. I help them learn how to set new healthy boundaries, get out of codependency and into interdependency, standing not only independently, while, but also doing that while relying on God for all of their needs, um, and helping them just reshape their lives so that instead of living in the wilderness, they can start to... Uh, really grow what I have started to observe as their inner garden of Eden and then bring that heaven to earth all around them. And that is what I believe has helped uh, men and women all over get free from porn when we learn how to address it from the chemical layer, the behavioral layer, the emotional, mental, spiritual, um, all the way out to the environmental layer. But it all starts first with taking responsibility for um, everything. And it, it sounds a little burdensome at first. I've had folks say, um, well, are you telling me that it is my fault that all these bad things happen to me? And no, that's not at all what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that there, the, the way that we interpret information in our younger days, the way that we... Uh, experience and interpret and then perceive and project that back out into the world is so radically different from how we do that when we have a fully developed brain and so we're still living out of that hurt child and that's the one who's trying to get his needs met that's the one who's who keeps on running back to porn and it doesn't even have to be porn like if your thing is not porn Look to that one bad habit that you can't break. You can't stop drinking the coffee. You can't stop. Right here. I'm, I'm in front of all my friends. You call me oh. out. <laughs> oh, well, well, whether it's whether it's it's coffee or video games or alcohol or whatever that actually looks like. Heck, it could even be a relationship that you keep going back to even though you know it's bad. Whatever the thing is, it's recognizing that porn is just an idol. And so people would think that porn is the problem that creates all of the damages. And if I get rid of porn and I learn how to discipline myself, then I can build um, a new lifestyle. And half of that is correct. But the part that is not correct is that there's still a lot more uh, uh, depth that needs to be explored within oneself to look at all the emotional and spiritual factors that are contributing to sending you back into a um, um, a relapse for whatever it looks like, whether it's porn or anything else. So that is where um, I would say that what I specialize in beyond just helping someone get free from porn is helping them understand what's actually going on at the root level, whether it's rejection or feeling unwanted or feeling like... Um, like the entire world is against them. Whatever those roots look like for each individual, there's a pattern of thought processes and emotional processes that they are walking through consistently that keep them feeling that way, not only in their brain, uh, but also uh, more specifically in the frontal lobe part of their brain where all their beliefs sit, the limbic system where all their emotions are, and then in their nervous system, how that trigger shows up as a uh, pain or pleasure symptom. So um, I walk them through each of those layers how they all connect together and then how they then dictate not only the identity that one is living out of um but then how that translates into the actions they take that reaffirm um and further condition the bad habit that they're trying to break whatever that looks like so how did you 
get started on this journey. Like, yeah. So I started when I was 12 years old. <clears throat> and by then, I had already walked through a lot of my own traumas and my perceptions of um, of what I experienced being just horrifying. Mm-hmm. Though it's it's funny because as we look at if as we look back at those experiences as we get older, we can start to reform our relationship with those memories. Um, and that was something that uh, through that journey of exploring what really happened before the age of twelve, I was really able to understand what was going on. But I didn't actually have the ability to explore those things because one. I suppressed a lot of those things. I had no idea what I was actually walking through or or what the truth was. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know what identity was. I was pretty much dead. I was walking, but I was dead. So I continue on this journey, and I wonder (laughs) for most of my life, why is it that I feel like I'm getting kicked out of all these places? Why is it that I feel like... Uh, like I'm not able to have a relationship with a woman. Why is it that I'm not able to connect with anyone? Why do I not have the kind of relationships with friends that other people do? And I would ask all these questions of, am I broken? Am I, um, am I different? Or if I am different, what is so different about me? And it was this, this huge journey of just living out of these cons- this constant state of asking questions that I never felt I would get answers that would satisfy. Mm. Um, and the only ones that I, the only answers I could hear was the voice of the enemy continuing to reaffirm the identity that I was unloved, that I wasn't enough, that I was completely broken, that I was worthless and dirty. And I lived out of that identity. So by the time I stumbled on porn at the age of 12, I had no idea how to differentiate, uh, the thoughts of my head from the voice of the enemy. And I continued to live in that place of, uh, believing that I am the lies that I was told. So I continue to grow up uh, believing all these things about myself and the world around me, believing God hates me, but I'm going to church at the same time. And I'm wondering why... Is that is what it... your church taught? God hates you? Well, it's, so it wasn't necessarily what they taught, but I was living in a very religious-based system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was living in all of the yeah. rules and the regulations, and that's what everyone seemed to base their faith on, and showing up and doing all the things. And we would even have testimonies in the churches of, of um, I was just going through all the motions. I was just doing all the things, and then I had a radical encounter with God. And then the only change that I would see in these people that would give these testimonies is now they're on board with the rules and regulations and nothing really radical happened in their faith other than they continue to strive out of their own strength. And even though I do believe that God can grace a lot of that, it still seemed to me like there was nothing truly uh, resembling of the character of God that I knew had to be true based on what I read in the Bible, based on what I believed about God being supernatural and his ability to do whatever he wants. And seeing that there, there seemed to be so much conflicting beliefs inside of here's the God I believe to be real in the Bible. And here's the God people keep telling me about. I'm not sure what to believe anymore. So I continue to live in this hopeless state of not getting the answers I wanted from life. And ultimately, that's what spurred me to go the wrong direction and go deeper into my porn addiction and go deeper into my drug addiction because those things continued to pile up. The porn wasn't enough, so I needed drugs, and then I needed food, and then I needed video games, and I continued these Now, you grew up in a good Christian um, homeschool family. I did. At church all the time. I did. 
Yeah. And part of what was... And you were the only one in the Christian homeschool church group that was doing any of that stuff, yeah. correct? <laughs> Most definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was with somebody last night and, um, and we were at dinner and they were talking about that and I, and, and like it, and you would know them and they know you and they were just talking about how many families and yeah. the families in my mind that were, that had it all together, that, yeah. that they were better parents than I was, you know, kind of thing at, at, you know, like the kids all walked in the straighter line and, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, yeah, we don't have our kids walking in a straight line. <laughs> no, but, but, um, but it, you know, it's, it's weird to, when you peel back the facade sometimes yes. and you can see, uh, Andrew actually did always walk in a straight line, but oh, there you go. we didn't have to make him. Yeah. <laughs> I really have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> I think the big difference uh, with how I have turned out today versus a lot of folks that walked through or are still walking through that brokenness for themselves, um, I think that it does have to do with a lot of the rejection that I used to live out of because I was feeling so rejected all the time. I felt like I had to push for everything. And so now that God has completely transformed my life um, in that same exact way, I'm pushing, but it's in the right direction now because that's all I ever wanted was everything that God has for me. And if I didn't feel like I was getting that, then my my decision was ultimately, God, you're going to have to do something about this. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And maybe that wasn't the right thing to do, but I mean, it definitely got me a lot farther in life where I am deciding that I'm not going to live in the red light. I've coined it green light Christianity. That's just uh, my way of saying that this is my choice. It is my responsibility. Mm. Um, it is my consequences to bear. And instead of blaming anyone and putting that responsibility on them, I will take responsibility for the fact that I feel angry towards God. I feel angry towards uh, this person and that person. And a lot of what I had to learn to recognize through this journey was that even though I grew up in an amazing Christian home with amazing like brothers and sisters and uh, uh, church members and all the things, even though I had everything, I was so dependent on other people to provide the satisfaction mm -hmm. for my soul that ultimately God was the only one who could give me those things. And I just was not looking to him because how I viewed him was not as the one who could fill those deep needs that only he could fill. Because what I was told about him had a lot of conflicting beliefs. God is amazing and he can do all these things except for these things. Because he doesn't do those anymore. Those things died. Those things stopped. Mm -hmm. And really walking through that journey of feeling like, oh, so God isn't as active anymore. So mm -hmm. I can just go and do whatever I want. God is in the past and he's just a religion now. And there was all these different things that as I continued to uh, grow older, I wanted to do music mm. and I wanted to uh, be an actor. And that was a big part of my journey was I did not want to go to college. I did not want to be a, a copy and paste person. I didn't want to live like everyone else. And I knew that from a very young age, I don't want to be like everyone else. Now, originally that was out of feeling like a black sheep. But what it turned into then was, okay, if no one really 
cares about me, then I'm going to strive to make them care about mm. me because mm. that's how I got my attention. Yeah. Mm. And so that to me, I thought that what I was saying, and I was trying to trick myself into this, I would say, I want to be famous to make God famous. But ultimately, I was scapegoating God. Mm. I started uh, using him as my way to journal my angry emotions about him and the world to the world. That was my way of processing because I had no idea what it actually meant to have a creative outlet um, that that expressed what my heart was feeling. I had no idea that I was angry. I had no idea. And by the time that I had actually decided to quit college and quit my job at the age of 17 and go all in with music, I had gotten this incredible blessing, a $20,000 investment into my company where I started running um, this recording studio business. I was doing music videos. I was doing weddings. I was doing drone photography for multi-million dollar real estate. I was doing all these crazy things. I was traveling up and down the East Coast, but I just felt more empty than ever. And the drugs continued to get a lot worse, and I continued to get into more of the heavy side of things. Um, and then one day, uh, I felt that God was saying to to move, and I didn't know where. I had lived in Tampa my whole life, but I didn't know where he was sending me. So everyone around me felt like they heard Nashville. So I end up moving to Nashville, and I fall into this 9-to-5 life. Um, I'm working at a corporate job, and I'm not Did doing you move music. up there thinking you were going to get into music? Uh, yeah, my full idea was that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die trying. I'm going to get into the, the music industry. I'm going to go to the headquarters. I'm going to kick down the doors. None of that ever happened. I never actually did any of that because I thought that when I got there that I would just have all these crazy open doors and that God was going to bless anything I put my hands to, except he was actually protecting me by not letting me have those things because seeing how dark the industry is today mm -hmm. and knowing the kind of darkness that I had inside of me at the time, he was totally gracing me. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up falling into the corporate nine to five life, doing everything I did not want to do. And I got really <laughs> good at it because I like to push. I will take responsibility and I'll fight for everything that I want. But at the same time, uh, my family fell apart. I was crushed with a major heartbreak and I was living in the city all alone and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I had gotten, um, I had gotten free from my addictions several times. I had put porn down several times, but I could not keep it away. And I tried everything. I tried discipline. I tried distractions. I tried working out more. I tried eating more healthy. I tried getting more relationships. I tried reading the Bible. I tried praying. I tried all the things. But why were they not working? And that is what I wanted the answer to. And I was searching for months with no answers. And I continued to ask literally any person that would listen, I would say, how do you quit watching porn? And they would all give me these crazy answers like, well, you just keep watching until you're content. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's just think about that for a second. Wow. I've never heard that one. Yeah. They, they were crazy. like, fill the hunger until you're satisfied. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. When I battled with it, one of the promises that I hung on to is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, yeah. for they will be satisfied. Mm. And it was, and I was going, because this doesn't satisfy. Yeah. And I was like, I, 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 I am hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Yeah. And I believe the promises that, that 
the Lord is going to satisfy and fill that void. And yeah. so it was like, but, but I was still, I was returning to it, but it was interesting because at one point it was, it was a Christian leader, um, well-known Christian leader, you know, expert on family stuff who said that it was normal and it was okay as long as, and, and I could keep a parameter that was a holier and I just thought, you know what? I'm done fighting it. I'm, I am going to just accept it, but I'm going to try to keep it <coughs> clean, you mm-hmm. know, uh, masturbation with more clean thoughts, you know. Um, and um, so, and and I'm telling you what, I, I did that only a matter of days and darkness flooded my heart. And it was, it, it what, what, and I, and I, and it was weird. It was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he's like, change your course of direction that was the that was repentance it was instead of head, heading in this direction head in this direction and it wasn't it wasn't a drastic change at that point in frequency or what i was getting into it was a change in my heart yeah and 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 this focus was darkness focusing on the lord and and hungering for righteousness um was like I felt his love, his presence, his glory, even though it was a, a stronghold, you know, yeah. for so long. You know, it was like, um, I, I was like, it, it was a, a miraculous um, difference. Yeah. You know, even though I did not see change mm-hmm. on the outside and yeah. in, in, in the behavior, it was black clouds or the light, you know, I'm moving towards him, you know, towards his presence. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and yeah, so I've I've come to understand some very interesting aspects of why porn is the thing mm-hmm. that everyone seems to have a difficulty breaking more than anything else. Why porn? And how I've come to understand it is that uh, the orgasm that mm-hmm. is experienced is is the closest possible feeling that someone can get to God himself. Mm. And so when I started to see it from that dynamic, what I was noticing um, was that porn is not the problem. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm looking for God in all the wrong things. Yeah, And I, I, I started to realize that later down the road after I had uh, uh, become free is that I was living based on my circumstances I was living based on how I felt. I was living based on everyone else's opinions of me. And because of those things, I was subject to all the identities that the world was trying to throw at me. And I was trying to fit every picture for everyone. I became a people pleaser. I became a peacekeeper. And at all of that happening at the same time, everyone saw me as this really awesome person. At least that's what I'd like to think. But deep down, I felt invisible. I felt alone because I was still hiding in the shadows of the Garden of Eden. And God was calling out to me multiple times over. But every time I would step into the light, I would blame him. And I would blame man. And I would blame the devil, literally like Adam and Eve. And I blamed everyone else except myself. Now, this Mm. would seem contradictory from what I stated earlier as far as I take responsibility for everything. And really this differentiator right here is that I may have said that and I may have done that um, on one layer of my physical self but inside I felt like an imposter I felt like nothing I felt like God hated me I felt like I hated myself 
Mm. I felt like everyone had thrown me away. Mm. And it was those feelings that contributed to this incongruency of what I really valued inside and what I believed I was actually worth according to what the world told me and what I was choosing to believe because of what they told me. So I was, I was measuring who I am and what I'm worth according to the world standard, and that was what kept putting me back in the shadows. And every single time I lived in the people-pleasing, the peacekeeping mentality and behavior, I was allowing myself to help give and love others and, and meet their needs. Meanwhile, my needs go unmet. And because I was not allowing God to meet those needs for me, I decided to meet them by my own strength, which I equate to continuing to eat of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what I've observed recently is that I used to think that the full story of the lie that the devil said was that we would become like God. But God's actually recently shown me how, I mean, heck, if we're already his children, then we are already like Mm -hmm. him in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so the real lie that I didn't realize was that there was this level of brokenness in my theology where I saw God as both um, good with evil. The um, eat and you'll become like God knowing both good and evil. And I attributed everything good to God and everything evil to him. And then when I started to uh, realize where I have been deceived, I would start to uh, shift some of those things over to uh, give, give the devil his due blame, uh, but also at the same time not allowing my blame of the devil to be responsible for the decisions that I make. So that was where I had to differentiate responsibility and blame, mm-hmm. and I had to um, to understand that even though there was temptations and there was all these bad things happening to me, which I I mean I. I gave the devil that right, yeah. but I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I had to learn to stop condemning myself. Most people, I think, don't don't understand we're battling three yes. forces. The world, <coughs> excuse me, which is throwing yeah. all kind of stuff at us. Well, just because of pornography, it's like it, billboards and magazine covers and blah, 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 blah. I mean, what's, every what's the magazine? Arena. Yeah, I know. Now it's all online and it's just, it's thrown at you. Um, The flesh, that's what most people try to beat up and Mm -hmm. blame, take the responsibility. And and it, and and then the devil is one that they don't recognize. And and what I found is when I learned to take authority over the enemy and, and not give access to the world and its stuff. Because I was a child of God and hungering for for righteousness, it was it was like I'm not my enemy. Yeah, I am not the wicked, evil reprobate that um, you know. Sin is sin, mm-hmm. you know, and but it's not my identity. It's not who I am, and that's the enemy's so good. And I, I illustrate this a, a lot, but I, I go, whatever you do, don't think about a yellow bouncing ball. Get yeah. get the yellow bouncing ball out of your mind. Are you are you picturing a yellow bouncing ball right now? Every time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I told you not to. Yeah. And it, that was part of like like when I would have have sexual arousal, I'd be like, stop thinking about sex. Yep. Stop, oh my gosh! Guess what I'm thinking about? Sex. I got to stop this. I'm yep. gonna try harder. Yeah. And I, try and harder. when I would take authority over the enemy. 
and just go, Lord, sexuality is amazing. Thank you. It mm-hmm. was like worship. I invited him into that arena. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, you can experience arousal and it not be, a, it's not perversion. I, I never believed that that was, but I acted like it was yeah. because I'm going, stop thinking, stop, stop thinking about the yellow bouncing ball stuff, you know, and Satan, he plays the game. He suggests it, condemns you for it. And the whole time you're beating yourself up and you're yeah. thinking about a yellow bouncing ball. Yeah. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with thinking about a yellow bouncing ball. It's yeah. what you do with that. You know, I like to use that illustration rather than something else, but yep. you know, cause you get it. Yeah. You we all pictured a yellow bouncing ball, you know. So that actually brings up a really good point. There's yeah. always the inverted action that we can observe in one's behavior when it comes to trying, I don't like that word trying. Still say it. Trying to do something different. It's always a try though because what they're doing is not doing something. It's the, I'm going to not give in. I'm going to not do something. Think about the yellow bouncing ball. Literally, every time. But then there's the, well, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And so what we have completely messed up in our theology is thinking that submitting to God and resisting the devil are two different actions. Uh, If you know what I'm going to do in that exercise, you can choose... To color it blue, yeah. you can choose to think about a rocket ship, but it takes effort yeah. to go against the voice, mm-hmm. and and all. The, I mean, it comes back to the voice of God. You know, shameless plug for God Speaks Bible, but um, <laughs> but because when we um are setting our mind on things above. And 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 uh, listening to his voice, we're yeah. not listening to the voice of the enemy, and we take authority over the voice of the enemy because the voice of the enemy will suggest that we think about things and ponder things and take our mind, try to take our mind in a direction, and we go, I command you to be silent right now, and I'm gonna and begin to proclaim God's word or something like that, and that can be a religious activity, yeah. which is effort, or it can be like it effective warfare um, yeah you know i think a lot of the challenge that we end up running into in this environment of how to actually bat the devil away it it comes down to that who am i being in that Mm -hmm. moment am i trying to do this striving in a way that it's I don't actually believe in my spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm operating out of the flesh here, <clears throat> and I'm trying to bat the enemy away from the flesh. I don't actually... When you're not operating mm-hmm. out of your spirit, man, and you start to see that the values that you hold, there's something that is not being expressed that I believe is purely of God, but we're, we're dimming that light and trying to fight the enemy in the darkness there. And it's, it's like that's what we end up doing if we're continuing to hide in the shadows um, but what I've noticed, there's this is there's this fine line of fully expressing what New Agers and everyone else would say is this fully authentic self and uh, different, differentiating that between who God says we are yeah. um, and living out of that fully authentic self, which yeah. is the real 
uh, standard of integrity that I believe we're supposed to hold rather than living in our truth and our reality. It's I want my truth and my reality to be completely aligned with what it is that God has for me to live out of. And God, I believe that you're going to grace this. But if there is anything that is not of me, I mean, that is not of you, then reveal it to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go searching for it, but I'm not going to hyper focus on it because I want to... Um, I want to learn how to be your child, God. I want to learn how to actually be fathered by you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to um, to do this from a place of needing to prove myself anymore. And that's something that I have struggled with for a long time uh, because that was how I always grew up was I felt like I was uh, being compared to everyone. And I felt like I was um, uh, struggling to find my place where I was fitting in. It's interesting because I, 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 I walked in a real revelation of my identity and not needing to strive or please. Recently, I had a string of different people, different, and and they were all speaking stuff about what was wrong with me. Hmm. Some of them were were downright insidious, demonic, but it was it was going. Is that who I am? Am I blind to this reality that this is who I am? Yeah. Um, because that's what it, that's how it was couched. It's what it sounded like, things that I did or whatever. And I'm telling you, I my soul went to a dark place because I'm going. First of all, I don't receive that. Is you know my but 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 and I'm like going. But what if these people, you know, are seeing what I can't see? Because I also deal with people that are in denial, self-denial, kind of delusional. And so I'm going, God, I don't want to be that person. Am I? I mean, one of them that was, it was basically, I was a con artist. I was like, is all of this a con? Yeah. Am I just in this for myself and, and for the money? Is that reality? And it was like, so the voice of the enemy never stops. He never stops attacking our identity and who we are. Mm Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, we're all on a journey. There, not, I haven't reached perfection. I, there's work to be done, you know. But it's going like, and it, but it, it's it's it felt relentless. And it was like, man, when you when when yeah, you embrace the enemy's lies about you. Whew, yeah, it was a hard place. Yeah, and that's a the big thing that a lot of the people that I work with they struggle with. I mean, we all do. Yeah. And in the way that I've observed that uh, people struggling with addiction or even more specifically porn addiction itself, what they struggle with is finding their identity and who God says they are versus trying to fit that and mesh that based <clears throat> around whoever they are around. And it becomes this impossible game for them to recognize when they are manufacturing their personality and when they are manufacturing their actions and behaviors and they wonder why do i feel like i don't fit in why do i feel so lonely because you don't actually feel seen for who you really are and there's this i'm not a big fan of the word duality but i don't know a better word so it it is like there is a duality of how the world sees me and who I actually feel like I am that I see that no one else sees and I don't Mm. even feel seen by God. Mm. And so um, I've had to realize that our spiritual perception of who we are is um, just another way that I had to learn to recognize how I was under attack with my identity. 
um, that it wasn't just what the physical world says I believe about who I am or I mean or what they say they believe about who I am but it was what I was willing to accept mm-hmm. um, and that acceptance then became um, my way of being so uh, I'm curious if you are interested in sharing anything about the duality of Chip and Charles. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I grew up as the people pleaser, the peacekeeper, the guy who um, at least from my perception I felt that I could never hold a relationship um, because I was unable to find my uh, identity and myself. Identity is my favorite conversation. And Charles today, who I believe I truly am, is uh, I'm trying to find the right word. I'm powerful. I have authority. Mm-hmm. I have everything that I need because Christ Jesus has given me everything that I need. And I believe that I have full access to everything that he has given me. But who Chip uh, was growing up was not that kind of a person. Chip was the kind of person who leaned on everyone else for all of his needs. Chip was the kind of person who, at the same time that he was leaning on everyone else, would keep everyone at arm's distance. So I'd only let them meet needs to a certain extent, and even then it was to try to control the perception of how someone viewed me um, in order to protect myself from getting hurt. Mm -hmm. So Chip was a person that lived out of self-sabotage, uh, um, self-fulfilling prophecies, um, fear, yeah, and and it was all because sin had hardened my heart, and I felt emotionally dead, and I believed that because of that emotional death that I felt in myself, uh, I perceived how the world interacted with me from that emotionally dead standpoint, um, and since God has given me a new heart. I've been able to recognize when there is a trigger that God wants me to heal or he wants me to bring to him to heal. Um, And I don't ascribe blame to other people and circumstances for how I feel. Not that they're not responsible, but that I'm able to take responsibility for why I feel certain things. And when I feel that those certain things are a result of an identity that I feel is under attack and it all, I'm able to do this now because I know who I am. So I'm able to differentiate between a trigger and my identity. So I don't carry offense. I don't carry unforgiveness because I can see someone for who they really are. They're operating out of brokenness right now. They're operating out of the child right now. They're operating out of something that is not who they say they are. And they're just trying to protect themselves by projecting and deflecting. And they're doing all the things to keep themselves from being discovered. Because the sad truth is that it it is that discovery of how they really feel about their worthlessness inside. That they're trying to keep the world from seeing. While also they allowing their actions to continue to reaffirm the thing that they are trying to escape. And I only know this because that was me. Yeah, the empathy that you feel just from yeah. from experiencing that. Yeah, and that's everything that I'm helping people get free from in their porn addiction is I'm helping them set the boundaries to understand who their identity, uh, like um, uh, what their identity is, who gives them that identity, and how they project all of their behaviors into the world as um, as a reflection of how they really feel inside about themselves. So it's a big game of identity, but it's not even a game. It's just. 
I guess I refer to it as as a game because it is fun to me. It's it's fun to discover who I am. I believe that there is so much joy in in the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom being found in what what uh, we're, we're taught in the Bible. And um, I've just I used to hate learning. I used to hate education because I always felt forced to do things the world's way and i knew that i don't fit this cookie cutter image of who they want me to be that is not who i am and i i tied that um that control that i felt to education that if i if i go and i educate myself that i'm going to become like everyone else and what i found was that pursuing um the routes of knowledge and information that jesus had for me uh, to explore actually allowed me to have more of the freedom that I was looking for in life. So what it came down to was that I used to think that uh, things that that would end up controlling me, um, I used to think that those things would cause me further harm. But what it actually turned out to be doing was setting me free. I, start, I, I thought that the Bible was, um, was full of religion but now I see that it is the relationship that sets me free. It is the protection that sets me free. Mm. It is um, it is seeing that the information does not control me. It makes me more of who I truly am that God has called me to be. And it has allowed me to operate in a way that grows deeper into more of who he has called me to be. Rather than me constantly trying to find out who I am through everything and then ending up at porn every time it does not satisfy. Ending up at any form of addiction every time it does not satisfy as my form of escapism and hiding and trying to blame everything else for how I feel because I don't want to take responsibility for somewhere that I have stepped out from under the protection of Jesus. Mm. That's good. When you were sharing your whole, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, so the program yeah. is the Warrior Boot Camp. When you were sharing that, I was like, "This is you really like." Did you decide I'm going to cover every basis for every trigger of every open door possible for every single person, or did you feel like there's like a specific pathway that you went through that you want to help take people on the similar pathway? Because when when you shared it, I was like, "This is this is huge." So what's really cool about the way that I do things is I approach it from every single layer. So they need uh, when when I work with someone, they need to build their awareness of what something is that they are feeling or experiencing. They gotta have the information alongside of that to understand what the full picture actually is, rather than seeing and reacting just like that. Uh, then there's the additional awareness of okay, because I'm feeling this, I'm gonna choose to not react, and instead I'm gonna choose to sit with this for a minute. And I'm going to really understand, God, what is going on? Can you can you show me what's coming up for me here? Why am I thinking these things? Why am I feeling these things? This person said something to me and I didn't like it. And typically that would send me to porn, but I want to do things differently. So I'm helping them shift their patterns at the same time that I'm helping them heal the triggers that create the patterns of being stuck in that wilderness. And so what's so cool about all of this is that there's not only the tailored triggers that we can address, but they can use the exact same process to address any and all triggers, any and all patterns, when they start to understand that a pattern is just like a song, and a song is a story, and history repeats itself. So there's nothing new under the sun, right? And if that's the case, then there's no reason that there is anything wrong in this world that you should not be able to shift as long as you're doing it with Jesus. Because you can totally try and do it in your own strength, but I want the tree of life in my garden. I don't just want fruits. 
I want the whole garden. <laughs> and so that's where I'm trying to build my foundation off of. And that's what I want everyone else to be able to build their foundation foundation off of as well, is recognizing that once you have Jesus, you have access to everything. So let's go after it. Let's grow a beautiful garden rather than just sticking around in the wilderness wondering, God, where are you at? And you're stuck in your patterns and you're wondering, why are things the way they are? Why is God treating me like this? God is dead. I wish I was back in Egypt. Yeah. No, like grow your dang garden. He's taking you to the promised land, but I, I, I want I want the people that I work with to understand that they are where they are and they can do something about it. Thank you, God, for putting that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in there. Thank you for loving me enough to let me mess up and then also let me be responsible for coming back to you. Thank you for letting me be Job. Thank you for letting me be the prodigal son so that I can have an opportunity to choose to love you mm-hmm. um, rather than feeling like there is a gun to my head and I'm forced to choose you. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the biggest breakthroughs came at a revelation of God's love. And I felt like it was one of the things I knew. I taught on, ministered, um, and but, but um, I... I felt the weight of shame and guilt because I had given in again to temptation and was um, crying out to the Lord. And and it was like just this download from the Lord. It was like um, he loved me. He used me. He used me powerfully right on the heels of giving in to lust, masturbation. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me, God. Like, so I already have a theology that's one way, but I have a practical theology that's different yeah. than my intellectual theology. My practical theology was I still am trying to be good enough. My my intellectual theology was uh, it's only the grace of God. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm trying my hardest to add to that. And, uh, and the Lord was like, Richard, you don't get it. And I said, I know. I just said that. I don't get it. And I'm like, and, and he goes, it's not about you. It's never been about you. It's never going to be about you. If you were sinless the rest of your life, you would not be loved more by me. And it's only the blood of Jesus that qualifies you. So you turn to the blood of Jesus and, and, and you are washed. You are cleansed. You are as clean as you ever can be. Your righteousness, your best efforts are filthy rags. And it was weird. It was like, like, I already knew that. Like, that wasn't new information. But, but because, because I could walk in victory for longer seasons of time. And, and I had a belief that because I'd been doing pretty good, like God used me, you know, and then I'd just be like, okay, let me just crawl in a hole in the ground for a little while, you know, because I'd given in the temptation, crawl out. And uh, but th- but it was always the enemy never stops. The enemy's always on your case that it you, you've sinned before. You know you're going to sin again, so you are evil. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I know the love of God. He keeps speaking to me. I know how to hear His voice. He says He loves me. It was hard for me to hear He loved me so many times because I was like, I don't like me as much as you seem to love me. <laughs> yeah. You know. And and then all of a sudden it's like, no. You are as clean as you ever will be because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You you can't add to that. And I'm telling you what, it was like the uh, uh, the uh, I got deliverance for the first time from it. 
because I, I was seeking it. I'm doing deliverance. I'm around deliverance people. Anybody that ever prayed over me didn't get breakthrough, but it was like I got some deliverance. Mm-hmm. And then I also was just like, like because it wasn't didn't come out of striving. It was like I just I, I was free. Yeah, you know, like yeah, not sure I'll ever struggle with this again. Yeah. And um, I I have since then because the enemy has never stopped. That's been part of my journey. I'm like, I'll walk years free, think it's never going to happen again. And then stuff happens that pulls the rug out from me. I forget who I am sometimes, mm, Yeah, you know, and, uh, and, and then the Lord will use my own words against me sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, wait, you're not supposed to use my stuff. You know, of course it yeah. came from him originally anyways, but, uh, so that's kind of along the lines of what I try and do <laughs> in the program is I will take someone from thinking that discipline is the key mm-hmm. to recognizing that there is no amount of effort they can put in to actually getting free because it's not a game of doing, it's a game of being. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they start to understand that, they're able to literally, and every single person that follows what I say, they literally end up feeling the temptation and they'll say, that's not who I am. Mm. And they literally, it's like something clicks in that moment where they're Mm. like, that's not me. That is an attack. Yeah. And they start to separate themselves from the sin. Exactly opposite of what we were talking about before that. Oh my gosh, I got to stop this. I'm trying. Yep. And, and it's my flesh I'm fighting. So I am, I am fighting myself and uh, I gave in Mm -hmm. because this is who I am. Yeah. It's like that revelation is, and it's 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 key. beautiful. Yeah, and where this is this is a little bit of a tricky subject for me as well when it comes to deliverance from porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe every single believer needs deliverance from porn if they are struggling with porn. Um, but I also believe there's an order in which it must be done because if they get delivered from it, but their lifestyle is not. Uh, being transformed as well, then they're going to keep on doing the same actions and same behaviors because their way of being has not been addressed. Mm. So they can get the deliverance and immediately put like take the exact same actions because they're still carrying all the weight of all those triggers. Um, and so that's where the that's what I kind of I've treated it as like this final key. So if you mm-hmm. have gone through the emotional healing, you've reformed your identity, you've grown in your relationship with God, you've changed your mindsets and you've got rid of your limiting beliefs and you've done all the things and you're still struggling with it. Cool. Let's go get some deliverance done. And at that point they're good to go. And just like that, it's, Hey Charles, I'm dating again and I feel completely free. Mm-hmm. Hey Charles, I just quit my job. I'm going to go start a business. Hey, Charles, my entire life has been completely transformed. I never thought I'd see myself here. My marriage is restored. And I have unfortunately had stories where marriages don't make it through. And it's really because either you're dragging your feet and you're not doing the things. Or we have to recognize that there's more than one person in the marriage. And because of that, if the husband is opening all the doors um, for Satan to operate in his family's life... It's not just a battle for him to shut doors. Everyone needs to shut doors. What you just said is so huge because it is not 
just a personal. No matter how secret you are able to keep it, no matter how well you are able to hide it, it is not just a personal thing. It um, and and that to me was interesting because I'm I'm learning healing and deliverance. I'm I'm, I'm hungering for God, and uh, and I'm like, but I, I still had the a stronghold. And, uh, had, and I did all the stuff. I had covenant eyes on every computer. I, had, I did everything that I, I knew to do. And, and, um, but I would be mad because I would start to give in late at night. Everybody's asleep. And one of my kids would start having a nightmare or something like that. I was like, come on, can't a guy get away with anything, you know? And, and like, like we want to justify our sin. But it was like, I was like, ah. And, and it, and it was like, it was a motivator to go, I don't want to bring this into my house. Yeah. And I could see it. I mean, I had visions where the Lord showed me the dragons and I had pulled back some of the covering by opening up doors. And, and, uh, and it was like that, that I was like, I want to be free because it doesn't just affect me. You know, it affects your spirit your wife it affects your kids it affects the whole household yeah and um yeah and and many times people have called me at two or three o'clock in the morning and um and and been like our kids are seeing this in the house or mm. this is going on in the house we get the the um ghostbuster type phone calls sometimes <laughs> and we don't advertise yeah. for that but um but I'll, I and I'll be groggy, whatever you know. If, if it, 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 my phone usually doesn't ring, so it, it doesn't happen. But um, but I'll be like, okay, somebody's opening doorways in the house, and I'll have people just start bawling over the phone because I'm barely explaining it, not in not intelligibly, hardly, and they know what what it is, you know. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting because it's been a variety of things, but a lot of times it's the man opening up doorways to porn. Yeah. And and it, it, there, there's there's other ways of opening up doorways to darkness, and people don't, pastors don't know that, yeah. didn't teach it, their, their congregation doesn't know that. There are times that sometimes people will hear us talk about something, and they walk up to us in a church, they've been in all the time, they look around because they want anybody to hear them, and then they open up about whatever that mm-hmm. attack is that is spiritual. We some people, I remember. A, attractive woman that seems so on fire during the service and worship and she goes up every night I have night terrors because of watching uh, Exorcist when I was 14 here she is like in her 30s and I'm like going man we just got to close that door and that can stop you know and you don't have to endure that and people are enduring so much but you were so you were talking about it like it, it isn't just a private so thing. think about this I even have a pastor in my program right now. Mm-hmm. There's data out there that shows that 50% of pastors are struggling with porn addiction as well. Mm. So furthermore, if we see the head of the household <sighs> impacting yeah. the entire family, what happens when you have a pastor mm. who is shepherding all of these hundreds of people and they're struggling with porn addiction and they don't have a support system in place because the pastor has to have it all together. Yeah, yeah. You can't talk yep. about that. You get fired if you talk you, about that. Literally, so it ha- and it has happened. And so, too like, many if, if it's fifty percent, how many people don't share it? And you know what's even? I, worse? I feel like it has to be an under. There, there's we 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 crucify all of these pastors that have um, 
sexually deviant behavior or, or, or there's there's an yeah. affair or there's something going on and they get discovered mm-hmm. but then you'll have these other set of pastors that say well i'm not that at least it's not a, a person a real person it's just porn yeah. mm-hmm. and i mean what breaks my heart the most is when it's a youth pastor yeah. like don't do that to the next generation who puts you in charge here yeah. are you going to take responsibility for your actions your life your consequences that's on your hands right there well and, and i've heard um it justified yeah. by youth pastors yeah. by pastors and that it's and normalized and it, and it's okay and i'm like going and 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 so that it's just a power like so many people feel powerless to see freedom like they're not it's like i mean like first off the church is like you talk about being religious like your program is not religious it's about freedom right but so many people look at that kind of stuff and be like we don't we're not under the law we don't have to do any of that jesus died for everything there's nothing we have to do at all in any way like we've made being a follower of jesus so simple so easy that when you're like hey this is what it takes to be free they're like oh no that that sounds like religion and like work and like i'm already perfect and created and so i have to find a way to justify my evil behavior to fit under that belief system you know there's there's even a that's a mouthful i don't i don't like it when people will say porn is just a thorn in my side or god's trying to teach me a lesson here like god, yeah god god's no. making you watch porn and that's that's the that's well, what he's teaching no. you absolutely what not yeah i, I don't okay I don't like that so I, when i did the 40 revolution we did like a uh, i don't remember what the the name of the day was but i added a, a let's get free from porn type date so i started doing some research on it and what I found was like – I'm sure you're going to have more up-to-date and better statistics. But it's like every man and every woman in the United States watches – like and the what, what is the definition of addicted to porn? So people say that – well, the world says that uh, addiction is defined as a behavior that you cannot stop. Something that, uh, that you've tried to stop it and you keep going back to it. Okay. But – I mean, God showed me when I got free that that's just Romans seven fifteen, and we can break free from that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there like numbers? Do they normally <laughs> give a number? So kind of. Uh, a lot of the data will show that. Uh, well, it'll they'll show from age ranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that data is completely skewed. But the, if, if if I were to collect the data, it would say somewhere around seventy to eighty percent of men, and I believe the other twenty percent are probably lying, <laughs> and <laughs> around thirty to forty percent of women at this point. Yeah. Um. Now, when I, when I did, I thought it was higher for women than that, than oh, thirty it, or forty percent. It, it probably is because it's got to be an under. We have to stop separating porn addiction from sex addiction from hookup culture. Like we're oh we're, my goodness, we're yes. Nowadays, all these. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's so weird because like everyone talks about hookup culture, but if you look at the data, yeah, our like my generation and under has the least amount of sex of any demographic, pretty much in human history. Like the that is it's pretty wild because there have also been studies that show um, monogamous Christian marriage tends to have more than all of these others. Which yeah. it, the, man, the, it doesn't appear that way from the world's point of view. It, we're the prunes, we da 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 da, yeah. you know. But it is uh, I, I've heard you know studies that that prove that and yeah. and i think yeah what's that bible verse you you quoted the other day i'm gonna misquote it because i i don't <laughs> remember it right right off the bat but there's some verse about god like being excited about the marriage bed like standing in like 
at the foot of the marriage bed or something like that. I remember reading that and being like, what on Sounds earth? Sounds like Song of Solomon. But... It might have been, it might have been Song <laughs> yeah, of Solomon. Know. I don't remember yeah. the reference. You have to Google it or maybe it's... Yeah. <laughs> or it, maybe it's in your Bible. Maybe it's just my Bible. <laughs> like my, my God Speaks Bible written by Richard Mole. So yeah. he just threw, but, it, when, he threw it, it a little extra. When, when we first got the cover design, I wanted to see what a final product looked like just like the cover. So we created one that's blank. And so sometimes I would pull it out and go, this is the new Bible. You can fill it in with whatever you want. <laughs> it was just the cover. It was all blank pages on the inside. Wow. Well, the first people one look at me sent, like mortified. I'm like, I'm joking. The first, That's not what... the first one that they sent for the cover. It was like God speaks Bible, Richard Mole, and I was like, I don't think we want your name that big on the Bible. Like, I think that's. <laughs> I did not write it. No, no, no he didn't. It is funny how people go. He's written his own Bible. I'm oh, like, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you got you got these statistics. So it's it's we're talking. The majority of the church, right? Completely. If you if you have a congregation, if you're a pastor, you can assume the majority of your church has. I just I saw it go blank. We don't want to say goodbye yet. Definitely not. Did it stop? That's behind. Well, I'm going to go check the camera real quick. You guys keep talking. Okay. Yeah. So when we look at what the real struggle is with porn at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's a struggle to believe that you are worth more than what you are currently allowing you to be- yourself to believe about your worth. Mm-hmm. And we can definitely see this uh, popping up with every single kind of problem that has to do with anything sin-related. It's always believing something that isn't true about yourself. And um, based on what I've really come to, to learn over time is that we will look to those circumstances of life or the storms of life and uh, when we allow those to be what defines who we are it, it creates such a codependent um, uh, flesh driven behavior to save oneself by his or her own strength and that is what um, that is what my goal is to help shift for believers that they truly desire to be free from porn rather than allowing how they feel to dictate what they believe about their relationship with God and how much he loves them and what their situations and circumstances say about his love for them in that moment. Um, To be able to stand firm on the foundation of Jesus is your Lord and Savior and his love, his truth will never change. And when you can start standing on that, you can start to differentiate what a circumstance means about who you are in your situation and how you show up in that circumstance. Um, and it's a big game changer for those that really want to go to the next level and not just stay stuck in porn, but actually have everything that God wants for them in their life. And one of the things that I'm most proud of, um, and yeah, I'm proud of it, is being free from porn before my wife and I even started dating. God would not let her say yes to dating me until I was completely free. And now that I'm helping uh, single men, uh, men who are dating, men in relationship, uh, men who are married, I see why this was so crucial because he did not want me to repeat the patterns that um, that are being played out by everyone else right now. And so I'm able to help show that not only is there a better way, but it is possible. And so I'll get mm. phone calls from uh, from wives who are saying, so when you say that you're free from porn, you mean like you don't ever feel tempted. You mean you never go to it, ever. 
Are you sure? Are you sure you're sure? Yes, I'm sure. I know that I'm free because I know who I am and I know who God says I am. Mm. Um, and so I don't need to go to these things to help reaffirm what I want to believe is true about who I am. I can go to the source now. Mm. And um, it, it becomes this this uh, this challenge of helping the husbands understand that this isn't about their relationship with their wife. This isn't about their relationship with God. This is about their perception of who they are. It's about everything that they stand on. It's about everything that they value and believe in and seeing how their personality and their character traits and their values, their entire belief system and reality is something that they have built to protect themselves from how they really feel about themselves. Mm. And so you can see these people who are 30 and 40 and 50 and they're struggling with suicidal thoughts and they're struggling with depression and they're struggling to feel motivated to do anything in life. They don't understand what they're here for. They don't understand their purpose or their calling. They don't feel fulfilled in anything that they do because they've become the exact same way that God wants us to see how we treat him sometimes, Mm. like an ATM. Men Mm -hmm. have learned to just accept that they are only worth the resources they can collect. So children get older and and it's always about um, how like how can I help my children succeed in life? Well, I'm supposed to provide for them. Right. So they believe that the provider is their identity. And so when they're not the provider, they don't know what else they are. They don't know who else they are. Mm. Their their purpose goes away as kids get older, and that need is no longer getting met there because it was never supposed to be met there. It was, it was supposed to be the need is met so you can operate in that because of the abundance of your need already being met from God. Mm. And same thing with uh, any anything else that happens in their life when they're getting their need met in a healthy way by their wife. But what happens when that need is no longer met? What happens when that stream of getting your need met is no longer available to you? Who are you then? Who are Mm -hmm. you when all of your resources, all of your relationships, all of your purpose and your mission and your calling, who are you when all of that gets taken away? And that's what I want um, every husband, every father to understand at their core is that they are more valuable. They are loved, wanted, and enough because you have access to believe those identities and receive them and become them because of who we are back in the Garden of Eden. And if we're really believing that we're called to bring heaven to earth, then we have to be that heaven on earth. And instead of um, allowing myself to operate out of a trauma identity of feeling like God has rejected me and I have spiritual death and I've been kicked out of the garden... Start living in the garden. He puts you back in that garden. Go live there. And um, and then I want, I want them to see that that's not just for them. That's for them to be fruitful and multiply and spread that everywhere. Um, and so the vision that I have long term for what the uh, Warrior Boot Camp is going to look like, I have this vision to help reestablish a traditional family structure as the norm. Now, I'm not saying... Um, uh, that that it's uh, husband like having dominion over his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like <laughs> when that's misinterpreted. And funny mm-hmm. enough, that belief I found is actually a problem that contributes to porn addiction. Yeah. Um, I believe that there is. It's interesting because dominion is such a powerful word in yeah. the Bible and a beautiful word. Yeah. And authority, submission, all those are beautiful, amazing words. Yeah. But wow, when they're used in a wrong way. Yeah. They're death. 
And that's that's the way the enemy like sheep and wolves clothing or wolf and sheep's clothing. Sorry about that. Um, but but uh, and 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 you can take a truth, a powerful truth, and make it the opposite of what it's intended to be. Yeah. And uh, um, and so yeah, because you've been sharing about learning to walk powerful. You've been wanting to walk in dominion, mm-hmm. and and in some marriages. That's the scariest looking model that there is. Yeah. And in another one, it is Christ-like. It is godly. And 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 the interesting thing is if you throw the Bible in there, then it's all godly, right? Mm. No. Yeah. So we were just hearing about the, the movie about the Duggars. I haven't seen it yet. I do oh, wow. know a fair amount about that. We've ministered to people that came out of the, the Gothard movement stuff that, um, you know, it, and I did not realize how much that had permeated hmm. the homeschool network here that that was some of the some of the resources out of there was was what was behind the parenting because on the outside it looked amazing the duggars looked like the perfect family yeah behind the scenes it was anything but so yeah i i haven't dug too much into that but i've heard a little bit about the incidents that happened yeah um and i've i've definitely seen that this um, very religious, yeah. Doing, you know, and um, and a unhealthy yeah. lordship, dominion type family structure that was like bizarre, like yeah. in in how it operated and and um, so it's 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 been this difference that I that I I want I want to create this difference between uh, religion as freedom and relationship that has boundaries that creates the freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's what I believe I've come to understand about, um, moving out of codependence and into that state of interdependence, um, having all my needs met, um, in Jesus alone and allowing him to continue to permeate any closed doors in, in my heart. Um, uh, it's, it's this not even an endless dying to self, but, continuing to just push out the darkness mm-hmm. um, and continuing to surrender. And the the more that I've grown to recognize what it means to surrender to doing his will and living his way, um, not the complete picture, but so much of that picture comes down to understanding who I am becoming and does that align with who God is calling me to be. Um, and if I am... Uh, who I am today, who am I going to look like in five years? Mm. Who am I going to look like in 10 years? Mm. Um, And am am I allowing who I am to be dictated by my emotions? Am I allowing who I am to be dictated by everything around me? Because if I look at the actions that I take because of that, and I see that porn is something I'm struggling with now, I can't expect myself to continue to live a certain lifestyle and not have porn in it when the lifestyle and the porn is just a symptom. So instead of trying to change and correct symptoms, why don't I get to the root of what's really going on? And why don't I take the time to understand all those deep um, emotional things that happen to me? And what ends up happening in this process when I'm talking to men that they struggle with porn, but they're like, what are you talking about? I had a great childhood. Oh, I'm sure you did have a great childhood, but what are the things that you didn't get in childhood? Like, I've learned to see perception from inversions mm-hmm. to understand how we can move through a lot of these roadblocks that we experience. It's hardest to see what we didn't get because we're not aware. 
it's it uh it's one of those more challenging yeah you know i see what somebody did to me but how do you know that you missed steak if you've never seen a steak, never yeah. heard of, never tasted steak before, and someone starts talking about steak? I'm so and... hungry. Now I just, <laughs> I'm so ready for some lunch. Yeah. Well, I think – so we talk about like A equals C, right? You've heard us talk about that before, right? Where it's I like, so. Like uh, A happens, trauma, A, rejection, A, whatever it is, right? I can't handle this. I seek you know validation. I seek whatever. I find it in porn. Yeah. You know, there's usually more than just a couple of those steps, right? But what ends up happening is the trigger comes A, you start, you go look at porn, there's no decision of mind, there's no thought process, there's none of the stuff that, that's going on that we don't realize where it was made, right? Like, okay, you, you talked about being emotionally disconnected, right? Yeah. When did you decide to become emotionally disconnected? So I, I actually believe that it was at my very first trauma when I was just a couple years old. And it was in that moment that because of the rejection that I felt, I disconnected from my identity, which uh-huh. disconnected me from my emotions, and I lived as, as that imposter so, my whole life. So that was A, yeah. right? Yeah. So so now uh, you're around somebody who makes you feel inadequate, makes yeah. you feel whatever, right? That's A. You immediately don't decide, hey, I don't like the way I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go hide from this feeling. Let's go find something that hides. You immediately went straight to porn. There was no B, no decision of mine that happened. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things in your teaching and in the stuff that's doing is giving that people just the, even the understanding of like, this is what you're feeling. This is what's going through. You do choose. You yes. for so long not chosen. A has equal C for so long. And that's for everything. Like uh, the food we eat, the, mm-hmm. the, the clothes we wear, there's so many of those things that are emotionally driven that aren't decisions of mine because of how long they we've just coped or just or have just avoided or have just done whatever it is and so going through your entire life and realizing all of my C's there's a B because of an A I can he- God can heal the A and then I can choose I can choose I can choose I can choose yeah so you know we haven't even um, gone into the science side of things I, I love it listen all of your posts about that i'm like this is the most interesting thing ever and i've had a yeah. couple other people kind of in my life been talking about a lot of this stuff and i'm like it's really interesting so i want to hear yeah it's it's so funny how science continues to confirm what the bible says mm. especially when it say comes that to, again it's funny <laughs> that <laughs> science confirms what the bible uh, says it's a relevant book today seriously yeah it is did you Amen. say it's a relevant book yeah. today no I said it's a relevant book. Yes, like okay. Yeah, so you know, even with the fact that the that the power uh, that life and death is in the power of the tongue, Mm. and then we see how neuroscience can literally confirm that you are priming your neurological connections based on the words you speak. And so what I'll teach in the program is that your wording is your programming. So if you shift your wording, you can shift your results. You Mm. have to choose to speak what you desire and you're you're either going to speak yourself into bondage or into freedom isn't that just name it claim it maybe no 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 okay it's not it's not it's not okay it depends on what you're naming right are you agreeing yes. with god right agreeing yes. with god is not naming claiming it it's saying like what god said and i'm not saying like god because god promised one person in the bible one thing no but like god said he'll always love you yeah right like that's a promise for all people for all time i can claim that promise. Now, God also spoke to specific people like, you know, Joseph, everywhere you set your foot, I'm giving, you know, you, I don't think you should walk to, around your neighbor's house 10 times, you know, and, and 
blow a ram's horn because then he's going to, you know, make the walls yeah. fall down because they're annoying. That's not, you know, the way it works. But if you come into agreement with God's word, and that's what your your stuff is, right? It's all pretty much around God's word. Completely. And so you're just saying like, hey, God said this. You're going to speak that instead of repeating the voice of the enemy that's been in your head for so long. Yeah. And think about this. When it comes to who a person is in their physical body, we have to think about how does that tie in with the spiritual? So, for example, generational curses. There's epigenetics that we talk about of how you go to the behaviors are passed down. Yeah. And... Um, and we're not even looking to this on a spiritual level, but you can you can change the epigenetic patterns that you are passing down. And if we if we look at all of the science behind why um, behaviors exist, um, I believe we've completely got it wrong from a um, just from a psychoanalytical perspective when we say that oh you are just a um, a divergent thinker. You're just a uh, mental illness person, or yeah. this and that, and all these things. And we allow those those unhealthy or negative identities to then become something that we stand on and we're proud of, yeah. even though pride is insecurity. We we can start to um, create this picture of not just who I am today, but why I am who I am. Yeah. And so that's part of the questions that I I I need the men and women in my program to address is not how do I stop going to porn? It's why do I keep going to it? And so it's not a question then of why do I keep going to it? It's not a, why do I operate this way? It's a, why am I how I am? And so uh, what I'll do is I'll teach them to look to their environment, look to your jobs, your relationships, look to um, all your food choices, look to every single behavior and habit that you have and understand why you are that way. What are the thought processes and the emotions that cause you to go to those things and to live that certain way and to say the things that you say? And you can see your identity as a projection into this world. And then you can start to formulate some new conclusions about who you are when you take the time to understand, oh, I made this decision because of this thing that I feel. And it's totally connected to this memory that I have of me trying to protect myself when I was a child. And you can see that the way that we are, uh, the the physical programming that we have is a result of um, parental programming, environmental programming, even the tell a vision programming and all of these <laughs> other different kinds of programmings that we're just continuing to to swipe and swipe and feed yourself and so mm. what are some of the things that when you started this journey was like this is who i am that now you're like it's not who i am like like I, like you were going to be a musical artist right yeah. you were you, that, that i when i when we talked you were like this is what i'm going to do i'm giving all that do you still feel like i am a musical artist or how or how has that shifted and changed so it's not that i'm a musical artist it's that i'm a storyteller and okay. um the creative medium of music is a way that i that i will express that but i will also express that through my content i'll express that through any posts that I write, I'll express it in in many different ways using many different mechanisms because it's just an expression of who I am. And here's the key. Here's the big key. I know that I have a place where I belong. I know, mm-hmm. like, if, if my home is where my heart is, if my heart is where my treasure is, and if Jesus is the treasure, then that's, that's where I want to be. That's where mm-hmm. I want to belong. That's who I want to yeah. belong to. Mm-hmm. And this entire story of codependence that we keep playing out, mm-hmm. even on a, um, 
I don't know if there's a better way to, to put this, but my understanding of it is that at a vibrational level of sort, if, if God is love and love is light, then I look at everything as a story, a song that repeats itself. And that has helped me to see that this, um, this me that I am being, I want me to come into alignment with everything that Jesus says about who I am. Um, because I want to be light. I want to be like him. Um, and, and I want my story to show that I want him to use me in every single way possible. But I know that if I'm playing the wrong notes, that there may be, there may be grace. Um, but I don't want to just keep playing the wrong notes if I'm playing the wrong notes, but I also don't want playing the right notes to become a religion. Yeah. Um, I want to dance. I want to dance with him through the song of life, through the stories that he's, he's, um, welcoming me to be a part of. Um, and out of that is knowing that there is a place and a person that I belong to uh, versus having to seek that out codependently in the world, trying to make my song match up with everyone else's songs. And when I did that, I hung out with the druggies. I hung out with the addicts. I hung out with um, with everybody that was still searching for the same thing I was searching for. And so we chose to settle for less than what we were truly worth. Mm. And it just keeps repeating the same patterns over and over and over. History repeats itself, including the song of a broken record. And I was tired of being a broken record. So I decided to find out who can get me some fine tuning here. And Jesus is the only one who could do that for me. Absolutely. I, I know you came to Operation Life Force. What, what impact did your ministry here have on you? And I want I want it to be truthful and raw and go, you yeah. know, what, what was it more of the religious stuff or was it was it part of that journey? Um, what what was how did we play a part? So there was a couple of keys that I had no idea about that you guys not only introduced me to but laid the foundation for what I've built today. And it was the emotional healing and how that's tied to my spiritual healing. Mm. It was understanding how um, the spiritual healing was also tied to what ends up happening in the physical. Mm -hmm. It was seeing how um, the things that were manifesting in my body, the, the pains, the physical pains, the emotional pains um, were also connected to belief systems that I was operating out of. Uh, you helped me understand the entire web of lies that I was living in. Hmm. Um, and then you, you helped show me how to actually break free from every single lie, how to just start cutting those lies down. Um, but I didn't understand what that was really like. And furthermore, there's uh, the, the whole conversation of soul ties. There's a conversation of parts work and... Um, just having a, a deeper revelation of what those things actually are was very foundational to understanding why I could not break my Romans 715 patterns. Um, and so everything that you guys did, not only did it get me crazy amounts of breakthrough, there was nights that I would just spend crying because that was the freedom right there. That was the freedom. Every <laughs> it's amazing. Tier. People thank us for crying. Here. Yeah. <laughs> People who have never cried. Yeah. It's that's an interesting one. I had one friend like effing me for this. Yeah. And and then and then <laughs> a week later. Saying the F word, just yeah. to verify. Saying yeah. the and, F word. And then and then and then um yeah, correct. Uh, <laughs> and then and then saying the next week, Thank you so much. I'm yeah. crying. And I'm like Yeah. So like interesting because man being and, and what's amazing is how many marriages the, the man is not connected mm -hmm. to his emotions. Completely. And, and so there, there's a, 
you know, it's, there's a big gap there. And when that that gets healed, it saves yeah. marriages. And uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I will say that when I was looking at your yeah. coaching strategy and I, I, I'm like going, man, that looks familiar. That looks familiar. <laughs> and, 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 and I say that from the vantage point of we were talking about one percenters yeah. today. And I'm going, I want 100% mm-hmm. of the people to come through here to get it yeah. and then take it and help others. Yeah. Like – and and uh and Charles has definitely been a one person. Oh I don't think there's been anyone goodness. who has been as hungry and yeah. like I mean like like when people show up for ministry sometimes that first session I'm like your your spouse made you be here. Oh okay. Or you Ooh. know your parents made you be here. I'm like, oh, "Okay. Yeah. You chose to be here. You wanted to be here. You and like there was Did never what was asked of you. You weren't coming. I was like, "Hey, you it's been 3 weeks. You still haven't finished your homework." You were like I finished all my homework. I and I read homework. three books that you mentioned, you yeah. know, kind of thing. It yep. was like, holy cow. Like, yep. uh. so, so the, all of this had ended up setting me up for my complete freedom. And uh, what you guys had done, the work that was most, most valuable to me was it taught me to surrender. It mm. taught me that I have authority and that I can operate in that mm. authority. It taught me that I, I can take dominion back, that I don't have to be subject to the lies, that I don't have to be subject to the torment. Um, and that propelled me into this journey of surrender that isn't just one piece at a time, but it was, all right, God, I'm done. Here's everything. And I gave it all to him and I cried my heart out um just in worship at uh at a church it had just opened up uh right after the covid restrictions had lifted it was the very first sunday that that church had opened um and i lifted my hands in in worship and i cried my heart out for two hours Mm. and i was completely set free from all porn addiction all drug addiction praise god but what people don't understand is that i could not have just shown up randomly and boom i'm good to go it was a long and tedious journey mm-hmm. because I had to learn how to face every single demon. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to face my fears, my darkest nightmares. I had to learn how to how to actually uh, stand for something, not just stand for 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 anything that anyone else is standing for, not to stand for nothing. But I had to learn to, to, to decide. I'm ready to believe. I'm ready to pick a team. I'm ready to stay here. I'm ready to, to go all in. And th- this is even crazier. The following week, after I had gotten set free from everything, my leg got grown out. And so for the first time ever, I experienced uh, God's physical healing power. Mm. And then after that, I went. I, I decided I was going to go on a 40-day on a fast. And I made it to day nine. And I met Jesus. And that was where I had my most powerful breakthrough ever. And it was all of the work that you guys had poured into me that had really set me up for this. All we have are, we have bread that the Lord make, baked. Yeah. You know, the living yeah. word of God, it's it's the bread of life. And and so there are keys and 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 we have, a, we have authority and dominion, but I can't, I'm not responsible, can't mm-hmm. set anybody free. Now I can yeah. cast the demon out. I can, I, there's a lot that we can do in dominion, but it, you got to eat the bread. You got to do the work. And, 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 um, and sometimes, you know, and, and I think there's a place for when you got a baby, 
you're sticking the food in their mouth and you're going it, when you have kids, holy yeah. cow, it is so hard not to open your mouth when you're feeding it's them. It's tr- truly impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> and, and there is a place for that. You know, there's yeah. a time for that. Yeah. Because, you know, th- there are people that have been run over by a Mack truck, you know, that, that you know, and, 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 uh, but, but man, for the one percenters, those who will eat it, you know, they they get the freedom. They they experience greater, and then, and then when they start feeding someone else, you know, like watching Andrew be a father, yeah, to his kids, and go, man, he's doing a better job than me, hmm. you know. Um, I don't know about that, and uh, and uh, you know, but but to go. Like there are things that I deposit, and then there are things that others. De- and there's yeah. the things that the Holy Spirit ultimately. There's times it's interesting. There's times when I've like tried to drill something into someone, you know, and and there are, and some of these are one percenters. And one day they're like, they come to me, they're like, man, the Holy Spirit revealed something to me, and they give me back word for word stuff that I've said, and I was like, and you never heard that before, you know? I remember yeah. one of them <laughs> named their dog Sozo. Have you ever heard that word? And I'm like, you've been at my conferences. You've read my book and you've never heard of the word sozo. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Does anybody listen? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. But it's you know, it's like it's like you can help them pick out the clothes. You can, you know, make the environment, but then how who's going to stay? They have to choose. Who's going to walk? They have to choose. Yeah. So how do if if all the wives that are watching this who are like oh my goodness I can't wait to sign my husband up where where do they go to, uh, <laughs> where do they go to find uh, links for for your program so the number one place they can go to get in contact with me is on my Instagram page right now so that is Freedom Worker Charles that is one word Freedom Worker Charles and what I'll do as a special gift today is anyone who reaches out to me with O L F. Send that as a message, OLF, and I will give you a free breakthrough session so that I can sit down with you one-to-one and actually understand what is the situation that you are going through right now, and is this something that I feel like I could actually help you walk through and find light at the end of the tunnel? That, that is awesome. Yeah. That, that is, is awesome. Freedom Worker Charles on Instagram. What if I don't have Instagram? If you don't have Instagram, ooh, Make an Instagram. <laughs> Do you have an email? I kind I of, think I have an Instagram. It, it, it's it's when you when you were five, you made it, or when you were twelve, you made it. No, it's uh, I don't really use like like social media. I see it as the new websites. Yeah. I see uh, direct messages on social media as the new email. <clears throat> so that's really been my main method of communication. Um, although, what you can also do if you want to get in contact with me. Um, is I have a Facebook as well, so you can look up Freedom Worker Charles on. I Facebook. think you're tagged on this too. Your Facebook page, I think, oh, is, well, ta- is tagged on this post. So there you if go. not, I will try to tag that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Freedom Worker Charles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, it's really interesting when we look at who's coming to get help for certain things. And you mentioned earlier, oh, your wife is making you be here or your parents are making you be here. (laughs) So one of the things I do want to address is that it's really difficult to get someone help if they don't want to get help. And I'm sure you guys are plenty familiar with that. Oh, yes. And I've noticed that it's no different in the field of porn recovery. And the reason being is that the wives want to help the husbands and they want to know things such as how do I support him here? 
How do I help him get free? How do I even get him on the phone with you? I don't want him to know that I'm reaching out to you. Mm-hmm. I don't want him uh, to know that I'm doing research for him on how to get him help. Yeah. And here's the problem, unfortunately. It's that there's no amount of control or manipulation or manufacturing. We can call it whatever we want to. There, There is not a how do I get him to work on this or to be free. You can't do anything as the wife. And I'm really sorry to say that. Because it has pray. to be his choice. You can pray, well, yes. but, but yes. you can't, you're not going to, in a one conversation, or you're, it won't be you, it will be God. Yeah, and so yeah. so that that's really what it does come down to, is you can follow me, you can reach out to me, but so he should, needs to be the one who takes the step forward. So should so should the wives share this on to them on Instagram and on Facebook? Absolutely. The okay, wives okay. need to they can get share the, the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wives, you need to get your husbands to reach out to me themselves. Um, and the reason being is if you do the work for them, then it's your decision for them to change. It's not their decision to change. And I know that you want it to be their decision to change and you can totally help them get to that place by sending them, Hey, check out this profile. But it's, it's difficult for a husband to get freedom because (laughs) there's this duality of this is my wife. And inside, there's still a child that is looking for mommy. And that is what we're looking to avoid here, is the child viewing um, uh, uh, the wife as mommy trying to control the child, which would then make the child act out further. And the number one um, uh, response that I, that I hear from all wives is, I'm scared that he's going to... Uh, feel hurt if he knows that I was reaching out to you. I'm scared that he's going to respond poorly. He's going to respond in a very unhealthy way if he knows that I'm talking to you right now. And the only, like what we have to recognize at the end of the day, and this is the biggest part right here, is that it, if he gets hurt by you recommending and reaching out for resources to help him, but he's already hurting you with the porn addiction and he's cheating on you. You're not cheating on him by offering help. You're not, you're not actually hurting Mm. him. There is a deflection and a projection and an insecurity and a pride that he is throwing up in order to protect himself from a deeply rooted pain that I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel like I'm worth anything. Mm. I don't feel like you love me. You're not the problem. You're not the reason why he's doing this. There's actually a child who has been deeply hurt and that's the child that needs to be healed. Um, And that is something that I can help with, but it needs to come from him it needs to be his choice to make the decision to move forward and do something about it otherwise what it ends up turning into is this game of uh him taking actions but it's only as a way to prove that he's trying to change it doesn't come from an actual sincere heart that desires change so the actions are not authentic and ultimately it just repeats the same exact cycle of see i'm working on this and i'm still not free and then it becomes a blame game of why am i not free yet if i'm doing all the things what is your take on ultimatums now correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that there is and i i i know that there is a bible verse that says god hates divorce or something along those lines but that there's also this other thing of um if someone cheats then that is 
is that am I interpreting that right? That's that is grounds I'm, for I'm divorce. I'm not answering that question oh, right now. I goodness. don't know. Okay. It, it depends on who you ask. Like if you're right, That's you know, fair. if you look at a woman lustfully, then you're committing adultery. Yep. Well, the Bible says you can that it's a sin to commit a divorce unless there's adultery. So if a man looks at a woman lustfully, then you're not committing. Like that's the, the it's logic. It's a whole mess. I'm yeah. not. I'm not answering that now. But wh- okay. wh- what do you feel about an ultimatum? So, like, a wonderful woman says, like, listen, we're not living in the same house until you're free from porn. How, how Dude, do you f- it's it's tough, man. Like, I, I think it it really depends on the person. Um, and, and where the, where the relationship is at, at the end of the day, it's, it's tough because some, some people, you can't get the healing that you need if you're separated. And some people, they may only be able to get the healing they need if they are still in a close relationship. No, that I strongly agree with that. I do strongly agree with that. So I guess when it, okay, but like, I know that a man, they decided they'd actually decide for themselves. Yeah. They want to be free. That's a decision that normally happens in that situation. Would you, I'm sure you've had some clients who have been in that situation. Kind of. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't run into the exact situation of an ultimatum. Okay. But what I do have is a lot of husbands who are in denial that their wife would ever be serious about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that I have watched some amazing, remarkable stories where that was going on in the marriage. The man was not coming in for ministry. Only the wife was. And God did such a deep, amazing work in them. That one husband in particular, um, um, and I'm skipping so much of the story, but he said, you showed me what Jesus is like. Yeah. And I want to be the spiritual head of my home now. And it was just like, and it was interesting because there was stuff that she was getting that she wasn't preaching. She wasn't teaching. She was applying and living. And when he told her some of the things that he wanted to do, I was like, you're you're not going to get that. Anywhere that I know of, except that Operation Life Force, and I, and I, but it, and and I know it's the Holy Spirit working. But I'm going. How in the world we? I we even talk with him, but her being Christ in that marriage, and and it it that's hard as hell. Yeah, it, to be because because it, it is in this the person context that's hurting you. Yeah, you are loving them. Yeah, you are loving them, oh, yeah. and that's, and it is it is it is brutal. brutally painful. And she would she just had a place that she would go and encounter the Lord and come out and be Jesus again day after day, night after night. And uh, and and at one point he was ready to leave, and it was because he was like he w- he was so ashamed of himself, and yep. and and what what. And feeling inadequate to be a man, to be a husband, that he was leaving. Yeah. Now, none of the behavior said all that. The behavior was push away, rejection, mm-hmm. fill it with other stuff. And uh, but but then it was very interesting because one of the things that that we had had her work on was a prophetic vision of him, mm-hmm. and she she began to quote that to him. She had just written it for herself. But she was like, I know who God's created you to be. And it was weird because it, it, the immediate impact looked not good. Like, what? Well, no, no, he, he said something that was powerful. It's like, it's like, this changes everything. What? This. It changes everything. Because if God shows you who, showed you who I am and I know this is right. So he had a revelation, like, he knew that that description was his identity, but he didn't know how to get there. And he was like, God must want you to help me get there. Yeah. Didn't talk to her for three days. Hmm. And it was like, and that's when he came out with, I, I 
you know, um, have rejected you because of my inadequacy. Yes. I felt like a failure as a husband, as a, I can't be a father, like, cause I'll just mess that up too. And I'll mess everything else up. And, uh, I've just heard nothing over the years, but glowing reports about them. Mm. And he never, he never came for ministry. So for the women out there, um, you know, it, it, it is like the words that you speak over him, how yes. you pray over him, um, make a difference. Yeah. And uh, you can tear a man apart mm-hmm. with your words, or you can speak life into him. It's like we show plants that you speak death over, yeah. they shrivel up and die. Water molecules, they, sh- they show what happens. But you speak life, mm-hmm. and life begins to form. So that that is... That's what I do over my Taco Bell every time I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, and and it, you should see it. It transforms it really into CCO Callies. Like, as Tim Hawkins says, I carry it on the way down. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, yeah. thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, for, for everyone who watched, please like, comment, and share. If this is your first time hearing that we have a podcast or watching our podcast, you can subscribe on all platforms where there are podcasts. And we're going to be doing more live streams in the future. And uh, thank you guys for watching. Freedom Worker Charles on Freedom Instagram, Charles. possibly Facebook. And, and do not email him. He dude. doesn't use emails. So. What's the war- website? for coaching um that is also where you everyone can get access to the coaching is through the instagram instagram okay yeah and that's where they'll have you guys will have direct communication to me personally i will respond to you personally on that instagram so awesome all right well, thank you. You want to close this in prayer? Actually, you know, I was actually Charles. Yeah, you should, I was thinking. Everyone who is watching this, that you know, the the was, we only have yeah. the one percenters who don't look at porn. But if possibly anyone who is struggling with pornography, <laughs> you can pray over them. Sound good? Let's do it. Absolutely, yeah. let's do it. Well, Jesus, thank you so much for the time that we just get to spend communing together today. Thank you for everything that you've just blessed us with. Um, I just I, I speak blessings in the name of Jesus, uh, just complete and total abundance over not only this house but over everyone listening. Um, that they would just uh, there there would be a deeper revelation of how you've met every single need, how you have uh, permeated every atmosphere inside and out. Um, and God, we just we invite you in. We invite you deeper in to. Um, not only to our hearts, but into the lives um, that we're building here, into the stories that we're writing here. Uh, we invite you to be uh, the, the head of this. And uh, for anyone struggling with porn addiction, we just command it to leave mm, right now yes. in the name of yes, Jesus. Lord. We just, all, all addiction, leave mm. now in the name of Jesus. Freedom. Thank you, Jesus. And we just we just ask that if there is anyone who is listening that needs to take action, uh, God, we just we 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 ask that that you'd help them to just feel the conviction that it is time to take action. That we know that it is on each individual to lean into you. That it is on each individual to abide in your presence. And uh, so we just we declare freedom. We declare. Uh, personal responsibility for each person who has decided that it is time 
to move forward with life. It is time to learn more of who I really am and what I'm called to and why God placed me here. We declare freedom. We declare action. And um, we just thank you, Jesus, for all of the blessings that we're able to even speak about these things right now. Um, that we're, we're able to, to help others get free, both men, women, pastors, and everyone involved, God. Thank you for the restored marriages. Thank you for the restored lives. And thank you for the souls saved. And we just give you all the glory, all the praise, all the worship. Jesus, amen. Amen. amen.